0: hey guys and welcome to the lounge a new show with a more chilled out vibe where me and kati can just have more of an open discussion on some topics which interest us this is hopefully going to involve a lot more of our non-football loving audience and also be more fun in a way because we can give out as many trashy opinions as we want in today's show we're going to rank our top five albums that we've been listening to in quarantine along with the best movies or shows that we have seen and we'll end off this show with a very interesting debate on who should be in contention for this year's Ballon d'Or, which if you are unaware, is the award for the best performing individual player of the season. So uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. Are you are you ready for this?
1: Well, basically, this is why I wanted to do a podcast. As you know, trashy opinions is Yeah, amazing. yeah. All, All right. Up. So what I'm going to do this entire episode <laughs> <It's really laughs> trashy ass <opinions> God <laughs> on trashy, on terrible music. So you admit. Terrible so, movies so, and some players. So you music.
0: admit oh, that you're I, into I, terrible music. I, that I, you're I, into I, terrible I, movies. So you just admitted that before you were getting into this. You have you have oh, no yeah, credibility. You have absolutely disclaimer. no credibility. I am
1: I am I am giving everybody a disclaimer. My music and my media consumption is not yours.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, uh, I have to give a shout out it, to it, all of the artists who have been putting out music, like you know, like crazy. Like I've I've seen more albums come out in the space of two months from my favorite artist than I have in like the past year, two years. It seems like quarantine is getting to them too.
1: Bro, yeah. Okay, everybody's getting productive and boring, yeah, right? I mean, we started. Yeah, that's artist. true. Yeah. Okay. Where well, do you have ever started With the quarantine? Hell no. Hell it's no. the same thing for every single artist. Yeah. All right. You
0: want to start? Let's see where you go with this. Uh, um, start off sure. with number five, <laughs> going down to number one.
1: Okay. So, so this is for so the top five, five albums, top five albums.
0: right? Okay, fine. Yeah. Cool. Go for
1: it. Yeah. So number five and top five albums. I think you, you will definitely have something by this person in your Which is,
0: is which is a relief considering the music that you listen to.
1: <laughs> Ignorance is blessed by Skepta. The, definitely. The king. Like, I think Skepta's Bullet From A Gun is one Big of Smoke. the Big Smoke. Big Smoke. Yeah, he's, 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 yeah. he's
0: amazing. Bullet From A Gun is one of the
1: few songs.
0: I mean, where every time I hear it, I learn something new about, you know, manhood. Because that song is amazing.
1: And you know what the thing about Bullet From A Gun is? Um, most music like Joham Grime or Trap or Drill, if you make it listen to somebody who is not part of the fan base, they're still
0: going to like they it. They will hate it. What, what do you mean? They will hate they're gonna it. What, they they they're going to they hate Drill it. and Grime? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Okay, that's what yeah, you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Fair, Fair yeah, enough. So... But Bullet From A Gun is a kind of song that if you make a layman listen to, they're like, shit. Damn. Sa
0: they're like, like damn. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just learned so much about and,
1: myself. And it's just not, it's just not about that song. right? So that song is like kind of a serious vibe, but you pay attention to the lyrics. Then you have Grease Mode, which you can wipe. Yeah, down. banger. <laughs> then you have redrum, drum And... I mean, even FIFA featured the dude song, right? So it's not like all of his songs. It yeah, bro, shout issue. out to it's FIFA. It's
0: FIFA 20 has probably the best playlist I've ever seen from a FIFA in terms of quality of music.
1: Nah, FIFA 14. Bro, FIFA
0: 20's FIFA playlist is amazing. Okay, FIFA 20 is amazing. Bro,
1: FIFA, FIFA 14 had small pools. FIFA 14 had love me again. FIFA 14 is essentially every me I have.
0: Nah, 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 nah. That was and a bang.
1: I, and that is cue for everybody to learn. <laughs> uh, so at least you didn't sing. All right, so I mean, who did you put at your number five? Oof,
0: uh, I'm I'm just gonna say this off the bat. My top, my number one is for sure. My number one, but any of the two to five, I could switch around and I'd be completely ha- happy with it. Uh, my number five is "High Off Life" by Future, the King. Free bands, uh, the King.
1: Oh my I god! I think Why? I think this
0: is his best, you know, individual project since DS2. Like it's been. I think DS2 came out in 2014, so that just tells you how much music he's put out in the middle, which has been in big parts quite good. He's at, you know, tons of bangers, but as a complete album, I think "High Off Life." Metro booming on production. I think I think this was absolutely amazing. Future is so underrated. I don't know why you don't like future. future.
1: I mean, I don't like a lot of mainstream artists. Like I don't like future. I don't like Drake. I don't understand why people hype over Weekend. Which is all three are ridiculous
0: opinions considering these three guys are masters of what they do. You know, the weekend in his own. You know, completely honest emotional renditions of every kind of music that you can think of from eighties pop to two thousands rock to R and B and hip hop from the twenty tens. He's literally mastered all of that and he can create such a good narrative. Drake, the king of pop. Honestly he is the king of I Michael Jackson is has a he can That's give Michael Jackson issue, a run for right? the money. Who likes Bob? Not, everyone That's likes Bob. Problem. You are just saying, the kind of guy who likes to be edgy for the sake of it. You know,
1: I mean, it's also because I can't enjoy Bob. Like, I can't get myself to enjoy. No, I, I think I, I think Drake
0: is. is a fantastic rapper in in, it, in itself. Because if you see songs from his uh, Dark Lane demo tapes that he released, uh, I think a few months ago in quarantine, it was a compilation of songs he's released before. Um, songs like chicago freestyle or if you go back a bit more back to back like he is a fantastic rapper in general
1: hey, another thing i think you already know this about me but the thing is i can't get myself to enjoy stuff that most other people which enjoy. is what i just said like, like you don't I, like it for the sake of i mean it's not for the sake of it it's also like i just can't enjoy it and that's that's thing like, i support saint pauli that should I support Saint Pauli. What else do you? What the? Yeah. I watch Second Division German football, and I live in Karachi. Yeah, that's All just right.
0: that's ridiculous. I mean, that just I mean, shows that you know you like to get into your stuff a lot, I guess. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I should, I just, you I should just probably say, point out hey, the fact. I want to get invested. You were a Juventus fan to the point where you had a banner in your room, and you've abandoned them since. What a plastic fan I, I, changing okay, yeah, teams. So-
1: it's all about being plastic, right? It's about Juventus becoming commercial and basically going against everything. Okay, fine. Sport. Okay,
0: Jesus. Your political beliefs drive I mean, everything. A, okay, we're going to get into that at some point anyway. Let's just move on to number four. I, What's your number four?
1: Yeah, but I I just have to figure out that okay, I like St. Pauli for a very right, long Right, yeah. Okay, long. fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And Juve well, was my main club, but I had to abandon them after 2017 because of multiple fuck-ups. I mean, even, even the Ultras don't go to the stadium anymore. The entire Curva North is empty. Nobody goes there because ticket prices are so high. It's just a commercial juggernaut that wants to kill the working-class fan. And if they want to do that, then the working-class but, but every right. But, but bro, Ronaldo striker,
0: bro. Okay, that <laughs> is I've Just we'll, we'll, we'll get on to Ronaldo at some in the third sec- section of the show don't worry about that yeah sure
1: i I can't wait to yeah like, I <laughs> okay okay
0: okay 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 everything. easy tiger easy.
1: But, so if you're talking about number four now nobody will have heard of this but it's called the Junge the rent by Max weinger um yeah, younger uh-huh. the, the rent that directly translates to the boy who runs. All right, all right. So it's a very emotional album. So Max has a really nice backstory. So uh, he basically appeared on Germany's Voice, like Germany's version cool. of Voice, and then he won, and then he won the Voice, and then he got to make his own album. So this is the first album he ever released. And this was around the 2014 World Cup scene. All right. You know, when basically they won the World Cup and everything went everyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a very emotional album. It talks mostly about his the stages of his life. So the beginning of the album starts from him growing up in the countryside, his life there, then it's then it transitions into when he shifted from the countryside into Berlin and he starts describing his life there. And so overall, it's just a very well-made album. I like the fact that it's sequenced,
2: so it's like a proper album. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's like his life step by step. Right. The only problem that most people will have is that it's in German.
0: That's a pretty big problem, (laughs) Karti.
2: Yeah, (laughs) that's a pretty big problem.
1: I would still say that even if you don't know the language, uh, the music that this guy makes is worth listening to. And it is something that yeah, no, I know, agree. it, it makes you feel it makes you feel emotion, right? So I've made you listen to Yeah, million. Like,
0: I mean, listen. music is one of the few things, right? I don't think language matters that much. I mean, in even in pop, you see, you know, Latin music gets straight to the top of the charts and stuff. So it's like language, language isn't really a barrier. I mean, you and me, we listen to French rap. I'm into a bit of your German stuff. You're into Pakistani Indian stuff too, in terms of rap. Yeah. Like we can, I I listen to
1: Russian rap as well. I'm into Dutch rap
0: as well. Like stuff is good. I mean, if if it sounds good and you know, it sounds good at the
1: end of the day. Yeah. So I just think like Spe- specifically "Access Million, which is about eighty million, is a song that everybody should listen to because
0: Alright, uh, I'll add that to the playlist to be a, fair. I'll
1: give it a shot. It's a masterpiece that I've been listening to. I mean I've been listening to listening to it since twenty fourteen. Or my Abhibi uh quarantine can there. This is one of my top five albums, which just goes to show how good this music is. Mm. Like Isala Mm Bol Nizaker. Fair enough. So yeah, yeah. So what's your next one?
0: Uh, My next one. I mean, people will, you know, some people are gonna laugh at me. But people who like music for music and don't judge the person who's made it, you know, they could probably respect it. It's dissimulation. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not. Don't worry about that. It's dissimulation by KSI. He's a YouTuber that I've been seeing since 2014. Yeah, no, no no way. Like I said, don't let me hear me out and then judge me after if you want to. All right. It's his first solo album. And, you know, people expect some things from, you know, the fact that he's a YouTuber and he's not actually a rapper. But if you sit down and I didn't tell you it's from KSI and I told you it's from this really great up-and-coming rapper signed to Jack Boys or something, Travis Scott's label or something, then you'd be like, all right, that's a pretty respectable body of work. Considering in the album, he tries numerous different flows. He's got absolutely ridiculous features. Offset, AJ Tracy, Rich the Kid. He's got amazing, SX, uh, Rick Ross, Lil Baby's got the best of the best in the game. He's got amazing producers. And I think that there are so many songs off of this album, which have gone straight into my current rotational playlist. And, you know, I think if you're getting my ratio, my way of picking basically if an album is good, is if there's a a one in three ratio of good songs, like for every three bad songs, there's one good song, then that's a decent album. And this has done more than that. So for me, that's why this is, you know, a good enough choice for me to put it forth.
1: Okay, I'm, I'll just say first we were getting fifteen listeners. Five of ja. them locked off and I was <laughs> stuck, five of them locked off and I started talking about German music.
0: Yeah. We're down to Seven life. of them have locked out now. We're down to like two to three people. Sorry guys. Sorry guys. It's so, a very divisive so, the, It's a divisive world. Let's come together, you know. Support. Woohoo.
1: I mean If three people are still listening, honestly, that's it. Yeah, yeah. What's your
0: what's your Um, number three? Guys,
1: honestly, if you guys want to listen to us bullshit, you can just go on to the d'Or section. (laughs) But my my number three is uh, something that okay. So out of I've made people listen to German rap a lot. And the common denomination is it, what the fuck is this shit? All right. But honestly, for me, like German rap is something that is just very close to me because it's amongst the people I know, I'm the only one who listens to it and I resonate with it. And also it's very harsh which is something that you won't get in many other languages. For example, like you listen to French, right? Like when you and I listen to French, French flows. Yeah,
0: they're amazing. And it's like, just the language is, I think, a big thing. Yeah. German is a very
1: harsh language. There's a huh. there's a lot so of the, khas and stuff.
0: Like they're really trying to say something to you.
1: Yeah, so the thing with German is, okay, German is a very difficult language. So yeah. it took me quite a while to learn German, and I'm not perfect in it, Abibi. But the thing with German is every single word is pronounced differently. Yeah. So, can, so it's, it's, there is, there are spaces between every single word. So what happens in languages Oof. like Spanish and French is that it just flows. They just, yeah. It so, just keep going.
0: So yeah, nice, man. Yeah.
1: So in a, in a language which has every single word different and different spaced from each other and pronounced separately, making a rhyme becomes very difficult. Yeah. And in Kapital Bras Berlin Live, which translates to Berlin Lives, this album is considered a masterpiece when it comes to German hip hop. It's great. It's all about the culture of like being from the streets in Germany. It talks about political divide between East and West Germany when Germany was divided between the Allies and the Soviet Union. It talks about the different cultures that exist because of that. It talks about like how some Russian immigrants and Turkish immigrants came and then changed the city. Like the only dish that most people know that comes from Germany is donor kebab. <laughs> and that was made, that was made by Turkish immigrants who came from Yeah, to
0: yeah, it was
2: big so up Turkish. This
1: yeah so this album talks a lot about like the cultural effects of immigration and political situations and the cold war and just it's just them being proud of being from the city and that's something i really like to see so berlin late is up there for me in overall hip-hop albums it has to be one of my top two but overall be. Overall be it has to be in my top 5, so I put it on third spot.
0: Alright, I'll have to add some stuff, some of that, into my playlist.
1: I mean, you won't like it, but sure, <laughs> give it a try. Yeah. So, yeah, who did you put us in?
0: I mean, you're gonna respect me a lot for this one. It's Hancho the first, by the man himself, oh M. Hancho, the king. Oh my God. I think, what I think he's the best what rapper to come out of the UK in the past okay, three no, years. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no I'm being very serious. Three ridiculous. years? Okay, fine. Yeah, because the, the scene has really blown up in the last three years. I'd say in the last three years, we've seen more people come out of jail and start making songs than we saw previously in the, last, in the previous like five before that. And I think Huncho's easily the most versatile one who's come out of that. Can flow on literally any type of beat. He has an amazing natural voice, which adds so much to how he slides in and out of beats. Like he is amazing. He's absolutely amazing. This is something that, you know, any person listening to this who likes Future, who likes any of the top melodic or you know lyrical rappers like you need to try this guy like he is amazing he's for me he's top tier that's why he's third in the albums that i've heard in quarantine
1: and this is something that i'll agree to like hanchulini the first is a master what a body of work like like, yeah he he
0: has songs on so many different subject matters He's not ridiculously flexing like a lot of the other ones. He actually has quite good subject matter in some of the songs as well. So, yeah,
1: I mean, if you take, if you take a song like Eagles and you take a song like Bando, wow. Yeah, just completely different song, completely different song, completely different beat, completely different flow. And And you have to, you
0: have to shout out Emma has been on the scene for a while. But when he got Quincy as his producer, that's when he really leveled up. Those two together, when they're writing it, it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's true. Like A producer makes a lot of difference. Yeah, actually. Honestly, in the hip-hop scene, because the beat makes a lot of difference.
0: Yeah. I I've mean, you look in America, there's four or five producers who absolutely killed the game. You know, Metro Booming, Takey is probably at the top of that list. And for a reason, you know, those guys can work and make beats that, you know, supplement and complement a lot of the styles of rappers. Metro Booming with Future is completely different with Metro Booming with 21 Savage, like versatility of a producer or even just, you know, the close connection a producer has. I think Drake has had the same producer for every single album he's had. The Weekend has been using the same producer from his first mixtape to his last album.
1: But what I would say is that definitely, in terms of Avanture, he might not have. I don't think he has the best flow in the UK. Yeah, no, that's, that's a contentious he, topic. He does have the he he does have the best technique. Yeah, hundred percent. When it comes to rhyme scheme. Yeah. When it comes to rhyme scheme, this guy like um we've been listening to grime and UK hip hop for a very very long time. Sometimes it's just harsh
0: um, and forced and aggressive, and he is none of those things.
1: Yeah, this guy's melodious. And being melodious in the grime scene is very difficult. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean,
0: he's not more He's, often he's than- not really in the grime scene. That, that, that's why they had to rename a scene for it. people like him, Nave Smalls, Young Ads, you know, they they had to call it the trap wave, because that's what's going on. You know, yeah. these trap style beats that yeah. are getting into the U- UK scene.
1: Yeah, but somebody like uh, Nave Smalls or these people, are, I don't think even though they've been in the game longer than Huncho, as they're has.
0: Nave Smalls paved the way for people like D-Block they're here and m
1: They're not even close to Hancho. Like, D-Block has a couple of good songs. D-Block is amazing. D-Block is another... Speaking of D-Block, D-Block we'll been... hear a
0: bit more of them on my list, to be fair.
1: Alright, so, I mean, I'll continue the UK... Yeah, yeah go on then, go on then. I, you know this guy. Like, I've been obsessing... Is with this, this
0: your number sure. two, right? This is your number two. This amount Alright.
1: I've been obsessing over this guy for years. I've been a diehard fan. Oh, oh it has to be. It has nobody, to be. Nobody. Nobody in the UK has a flow like... H- AJ Tracy. H- Tracy. had to be. This guy... Oh the Tottenham God. MC. This guy... Bro, this guy has rapped on a drill beat. He's rapped on a track He beat. is... He's I rapped think, rapped think he is
0: one <laughs> of the two to three got, most this, versatile guys in the UK.
1: I mean, if you take... Like this guy is fire on the mic, okay. That's it. Like I can't say anything. Yeah, he's he fire. Plus, it's like his accent. He has an amazing accent. He's completely unique. He, he has an. I mean, he he's the kind of guy who went on the track "Rain," rhymed the word "Rain" with "Rain" and yeah, 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 Rain", yeah, with yeah, rain. Yeah, yeah. and it still sounded it was a amazing. Was a yeah. So H. A. Tracy's Lil Tracy, which is his second album. Mm. So you, you he had he had AJ Tracy, came up with Lil Tracy, Lil Tracy was the one where I was actually several of the music videos were shot in the US. This is the only album before Stormzy dropped his album. This was the only album that had clout in the US.
0: Fair enough, yeah. This Makes hit sense. the
1: U, This this hit this hit the US top charts. And Damn. Honestly, for me, Lil. AJ Tracy is my all-time favorite artist. Ooh. I can't name anybody <laughs> I can't name <laughs> I can't name anybody Jesus. else in any of the languages I listen to. Damn. Urdu Lelo, German Lelo, Russian Lelo, English Lelo. Those are the four languages I listen to most of the time. Jeez. This guy is my all-time favorite rapper, all-time favorite musician, all-time favorite everything. And the fact that he supports Tottenham. Like, I love that. That's a screw like, not I, I don't even want
0: to get started on Arsenal. I really don't. I really don't. I hate right, the but, fact but, that AJ Tracy wears Spurs kits and videos and stuff. I hate it.
1: All right. So, that and along with that, the fact that his real name is Che, named after Che Guevara.
2: Really? I didn't know so that. Much
1: I did not yet, know that. Yeah. His, that is, his name is Che, and he's... He's named after Che Guevara life, his family's died left lean. Oh and my god! Tug life. That's, that just pushes it up. That is, yeah, that's amazing. So, but I think you're surprised that AJ Tracy is second and not first. Like, rave yeah. about
0: him. And I, perp- I purposely did not want to discuss this stuff beforehand because I wanted to be more all- off the cuff than the you know, the more scripted show uh you know football first okay. everything else like and i wanted this to be a bit more fun so i have no yeah, idea right. what you're so, gonna do it in first place with my second place i've got the collaboration mixtape slash album i don't even know which of the oh, two it is oh, i
1: know what skeptic chip and
0: young ads on insomnia
1: oh my god
0: three insomnia interlude was such a good insomnia song. interlude is easily my favorite it has to be my favorite uh, either that or I think it was Sin City, Sin City, I think. That was also a really good track. My thing Wait, with bo- this... Both of us are Skepta. Both of us at Skepta. We had to. I, I, I think Skepta is... Again, he's one of the most versatile artists. I think AJ Tracy is one. He's
1: also the first one. He's also the first. Yeah,
0: I think AJ Tracy, Skepta, and for me, P.O.N. Wayne. At three of the most... Put them on any song ah, and they'll bang. No. Put them on nah, any song nah. and they'll bang. Theon Wayne is amazing. Theon Wayne? Is amazing. Theon
1: Wayne has has like three good songs.
0: Theon Wayne came out of jail yeah. last year. I'm sorry. Okay.
1: <laughs> Santa and Dave. If you're talking about somebody No, not versatile. Not
0: versatile. Not completely versatile. I'm sorry. I would prefer many other people than Santa and Dave on a trap beat. All right. So, so yeah, with insomnia, yeah. back on that. Uh, I think... Nobody saw it coming. It came out of absolutely nowhere that these three guys from three different generations of UK hip hop scene all off of the scene collaborated on an album. And, you know, I think all three of them have completely contrasting styles, you know, Skepta, hard punchlines, chip, complete lyricist, young ads, melodies all the time, 24 seven. And the fact that all three of them are on every single song and they all go back to back to back on every single one of them. I think it's it's incredible. Yeah, it's very well. And and I think it's only, I think it's less than 10 tracks. And like seven of them are great, which is ridiculous. Just yeah. the work rate on that yeah. is amazing. All
1: right, so should we hit our number ones?
0: Jesus, AJ Tracy is number two. And your number one is?
1: My number one is this guy called Eden. So a lot of people huh. who are more into like, yeah. So a lot of people who are into slower, more depressing kind of music. Well, I've definitely heard of this guy. He is a sensation in America. Everybody knows this dude. Basically, when I was at my comedy tour in the States back in 17. Big flex. Um, one, of my fr- yeah. <laughs> one of my friends introduced this to me while I was like, and I was like, shit. Matlab, is Bandega music, Joanna? It makes you feel raw emotion. He has a song for absolutely everything. He, he will make you cry.
0: My number like, one definitely. can do all of those things and probably better. But, you know, we'll see. We'll this, see.
1: This guy will definitely, definitely make you cry.
0: Why is he? His my song. question is, you know, I understand all that you're saying. But if you're saying AJ Tracy is your favorite artist of all time, how can you allow your favorite artist to be on number two? That doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Because he's my favorite artist, but he doesn't have an album which, which... I can call my favorite album.
0: Hmm. Then I maybe mean, so... he shouldn't be your favorite artist. You know, I'm just saying.
1: Yeah. No. Nah, no, nah, but like, if you check my Spotify playlist, the most songs I have are by this guy. It's just that he has so he has quite a few albums. So his songs in different albums are what I like, for example, like False Nine is a song that I listen to just for the culture. I don't think it's a good song.
0: LOL, yeah. yeah. I I, yeah, I just so. heard that song because it had False Nine in it. Football bars and titles just make me yeah, click immediately. Yeah
1: that's, that's a, yeah, that's the thing, right? But I wouldn't say that False Nine is a good song. Yeah, False Nine is something we listen also, to. Also,
0: by the way, very so. take. I think Thiago Silva is very overrated.
1: Oh, no, it's, uh, I think no, it's no. very, over- I, uh, uh, I think it's a bro, great track.
0: Listen. But I'm sorry, the hype it gets, I, I'm sorry. It, okay, the, beat, I think he, the think... beat in itself is not good enough for those guys. It, it's too much in the background. Those guys are too loud on the thing, the mixing, I if anything, it, the engineering it, it, should have been much, much better than that. It blew up after
1: Glasto. Um, I, 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 I heard it before Glasto, Glasto was, like,
0: it was a good track, Like yeah, the bars yeah, are us, insane, the all, bars are ridiculous. Uh,
1: all of us who are in the culture heard it before Glasto. Yeah. But most people heard it after Glasto and then it blew up because then everybody's like, oh my God, there's a song called Thiago Silva, which this guy, Alex, wrapped on stage with while well, like, wearing a Thiago
0: Silva shirt, which by the way, badass, it had to be him on that stage. Nobody else could have taken that from him.
1: Yeah. So, but um, it's a very good song. Like I do put it up there in my favorite AJ songs. My favorite AJ song is Luke Cage, Pasta Comes Second, and Tiago Silva comes third. So it is up there for me. But this album, Vertigo by Eden. Oh my God. Jeez, All right. There's not, even, there's not even a single bad song in this. They're all slow songs. So if you're working or you're chilling at night or you're just thinking about something or you're depressed... This wow true.
0: this is the outcome. wow i don't this is i don't condone outcome. this behavior i'm going to put out some you know happy songs if anybody needs to get off of the vibe that cut is on high off life by future you know what to do i mean the title says it all high of life you know future is just living the dream man he flexes so hard it's ridiculous
1: yeah that's true he
0: flexes so, so hard
1: Wait, don't tell me your number one is D Block Europe.
0: It's, it's not D Block. My, my D Block, uh, you know, the point at which I was trying to make was that young ads was on insomnia. That was the D Block thing. Uh, I don't think D Block have had a good project yet, which is quite sad because they have a ridiculous work rate. They put out three albums in a year and each had over 20 songs on them. So they put, yeah, they put out a crazy amount of music. But you know, the, it's more like quantity over quality at this point. But you know, they're like 2021 20, or something. They'll they'll learn from that. My number one is um, the best artist. The I uh, I don't want to say something completely ridiculous, but he is by far the most honest, emotional, and I would say atmospheric. If you've heard his music, you know what I'm trying to say. It's the the album I'm putting number one is a, After Hours by the Weekend.
1: Oh my God.
0: And I'm doing this oh my god. simply because I think I'm wait man, no 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 wait. It's so okay, okay. such a bad choice. Oh my god. Oh my god. Don't even I'm going to I'm I was gonna say yeah. don't even get me started, but I literally have to start. That is the point of the podcast. Uh he is easily for me, the production that he has emphasizes his incredible voice so much in every project he has. And this is by far the best. I, I could have put literally any of his projects. I like every single one from House of Balloons until After Hours. I could have picked anyone, But I picked After Hours because I think it's his most complete body of work and it's his... And it's also the one where he tried the most new genres and made new takes on music than he did before, like the weekend from the first three mixtapes and Kiss- Kissland, completely different to the one from Beauty Behind the Madness, completely different to the one from Starboy and My Dear Melancholy. Like He's gone through stages in life and he has been able to put that in words like nobody else has. He's a rapper, he's a singer. I think purely, but, you know, he's showcased so many different musical qualities, and that's what makes him my favorite. He has a song for every mood I have. And, you know, late nights when I just want to li- listen to something and I'll go up to my roof, stare at the stars or something, his music is what I put on because he's got everything.
1: I'm telling you, start listening to Eden, he'll do it better. I'll I'll give
0: him a try, but he cannot replicate what The weekend has done for me. I found The weekend in like grade 10 and I thought I had found the best musician on the planet the first time I heard his songs. And that has not changed. Every time I hear songs, I'm like, what can this guy not do? And that's why he's, he's my number one.
1: I mean, I heard this album because, basically because of you, right? So yeah. we're putting up like so many stories. So you were putting up like so many stories every single day. No, week. I was like, wasn't. Okay. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you were. I put like a and couple. Like, okay. I, said, I was like, like,
0: a couple. like
1: kuch ki- kuch hai. So, and I listened to it. I was like, yeah, I don't know. What is this? It's like, it's purely nothing. It's You're like ridiculous. Of different genres. You're, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's
0: exactly. Funny. Which is ridiculous because he completed. He was doing so well in all of them. And there's a running storyline from all of them. If you've heard his previous songs, then there's literally, he is hinting at every single stage of his life and how he's got to the point where he's at right now at in the last one chalo, bleeding sir, out until I bleed out. I don't
1: have any, I don't have anything better to do in quarantine. So I'll listen chronologically. I basically opened up Spotify, Lol. shuffled the playlist, <laughs> I shuffled the playlist. I shuffled the playlist I was like, so i guess this wraps up our albums part
0: yeah let us know like if if this goes up on instagram then let let us know in the igtv comments or let let us know in the notes here or on spotify who you think had the best playlist uh i think it's going to be me purely because of the fact that you have listed three albums nobody's probably ever heard of
1: yeah but the thing is if you guys are commenting without hearing my album yeah give it yeah
0: give it a try yeah that's all yeah give it a try why not because i i think the german rap thing is quite interesting i think that's a very good uh and i
1: think like this is a this is a very like you know it's a diverse amalgamation of genres yeah even though even though our music taste is very similar when it comes to like uk hip-hop and stuff yeah we can these,
0: we can branch these... off quite widely into completely different things.
1: <laughs> yeah, so these ten albums are like very different. Oh, and if okay,
0: I'm just gonna add this for fun. If I had to name one song right now that you need to turn up to, it's "I Don't Know" by Tion Wayne. Yeah, uh, Dutch of oh Stormzy god. absolutely it was so good oh my god bro it's it's Dutch of Stormzy
1: and Tion Wayne on the same track it's ridiculous
0: none you guys have no idea so who we're ridiculous. talking about probably just you know barring Stormzy but you absolutely have to hear this track it's ridiculous
1: it's called i don't know you guys need to search it up on Spotify right now it's it's ridiculous um,
0: All right. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, And you know, I that segment went on a lot longer than I thought. But that's, that's actually fantastic. Because I think we had to talk about these amazing albums. I mean, KSI is on there. I'm so happy I got KSI on there somehow. Mm -hmm. I love that guy from the bottom of my heart. I've been watching him since I was like 12 years old.
1: That is where 13
0: people out of the 15 who listen to us. No, no. But they might log off now if your list for your top five movies or shows is terrible because you told me you don't really watch many at all.
1: Um, I'll mostly be talking more about, I mean, as I'm a stand-up comedian, I think I'll be sharing my best stand-up comedy shows that you can listen to on Netflix. All something.
0: right, that, that's fair. That be- I've been needing a list for that stuff for quite a while because I'm running out of material. I don't think there's many good ones out there that I like. My favorite comedian is Andrew Schultz. Your favorite comedian should be me. You are not a com your life as a comedy. I laugh at you. <laughs> I don't laugh at your jokes. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll
1: see you in the next segment. Yeah. So the next thing we're gonna be talking about is media. So Mozam and I really wanted to talk about movies and You know, he basically texted me two days ago. He's like, hey, in the new podcast, basically we need to talk about movies and we need to talk about TV shows. And I'm like, I don't listen to any of, I don't watch any of this. Yeah, which is ridiculous considering considering
0: how much time people have in quarantine. I would have expected you to get some good things in your rotation.
1: I mean, that's true, but I'm more of a book kind of guy. So I'm really into reading and stuff. So And and I think that's great.
0: I think that's great because there'll be a lot more people like you who might hear this podcast who are more, you know, into the books type of people or podcast type of people. And I think you can give them great comedy stuff. And I think I've got a good, a good mix of movies, shows and documentary. I have a documentary in here too, uh, which, you know, I think is going to really, uh, you know, expand people and their you know, what they watch and stuff, give them good stuff to print their
1: rotation. Please don't let it be the
0: Sunderland documentary on Netflix. I I was so seriously thinking about that. You have no idea. That thing is amazing. That's good. For a football fan, it's actually one of the few insights you can get into how a club is run. And like a decently big club too, which is, you know.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, So guys, uh, basically for those of you who don't know, I've done professional stand-up comedy for quite a while. They heard you in the yeah, first been, in the
0: first section, all right. Relax. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I've been doing it for around four years, so if I am telling you that, you know, a certain stand up special is good, it's because I have heard a shitload of stand up specials. The specials in my lifetime.
0: Yeah, but comedy and is a different for different people.
1: Yeah, that's true. Which is why I put in different kinds a good of good Alright, good. In all yeah let's hear it. Let's start. Well
0: so, what's your number five?
1: The number five is is something that you can watch with your parents. It's something that is very well done hmm. by the person. Who did it. Jack uh, Jack Whitehall's Christmas fun. Jeez, Jack
0: Whitehall, really good, really really good comedian. Jack
1: Whitehall, Jack Whitehall is a good comedian. The good yeah. thing about Jack Whitehall is okay when you get into comedy, you're always told okay anybody can mess up mess up with vulgarities and make people exactly right. Exactly, people laugh, people laugh at vulgar shit all the time. Yeah. This guy does extremely clean comedy. Yeah. It's just family friendly. He literally brings his dad and his mom on stage yeah. and does comedy with them.
2: He's amazing. And He's I hilarious. Think,
1: and he still manages to make it funny, which I think is a great quality in a comedian. So if you're like chilling and you want to bond with your family, putting on Jack Whitehall's Christmas Father, particularly, if, and it's on Netflix and everybody has Netflix.
0: That, that's great. Yeah, that's great
1: yeah so that is i would definitely i would highly recommend that i mean from a convenience standpoint
0: all of my stuff is from netflix too i wanted to be in a situation where anyone i think most people at this point haven't has have access to an account so you know i i made a conscious effort in a way to choose stuff which is on netflix all
1: right so who's your
0: number five Okay, my number five is. Uh, I think it's a one-season show. It's Manhunt, Yuna Bomber, and I I, mm. I I put the show in because I think it's a very good show from I think my favorite genre of movies and shows, which is I love watching crime shows and I love su- suspense shows. So this has a great mix of involving. Uh, historical figures like that's based on a true story and i think it's a great short show for people who want to uh you know get into this crime investigation sort of stuff i find it so interesting uh manhunt unabomber was about this uh serial bomber if you want to call him who would bomb specific places and there is a an an fbi a- agent a part of a very restricted uh, department called the Behavioral Science Unit. And he basically has to create new theories which don't exist to try and categorize how this guy is acting and then catch him. And I'm not going to spoil it to say if they do or do not catch catch him. I'm just going to say that the process to get getting to him was amazing. Like amazing. Like the show is amazing. Like there's two or three other shows like Manhunt Unabomber, which I can recommend in future shows if, you know, whoever li- li- listens to this, likes the show, excuse me. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. Well, what about you? What's your number four? Is it also a comedy?
1: Yeah, my number four is also a comedy. Are they all this comedies? Like very, um, No, so if there's one TV show, there's okay, one movie, and there are, like, two other comedies. So this one was pretty difficult for me to decide because one comedy, which I'm going to be talking about later on, that is something that I had to put in there. So this is, I had to choose a comedy amongst the hundreds of thousands of comedies that I've listened to in my career and yours sincerely by Kanan Gitt is amazing. Like it is the best Desi comedy special I've ever listened to. Colin's technique is amazing. He doesn't make an effort to make it funny. Alright, so there's a lot of there are two different kinds of performers when it comes to comedy. There's one performer whose actions make it funny and there's the other performer whose content is so funny that even when he delivers it in a regular voice he just makes you laugh. And that's the thing with Kanan. Kanan's technique might not be that great. Yeah, I've never
0: heard of this guy. I'll definitely, you know, try it out, maybe.
1: Yeah, Kanan Gir is definitely someone you guys need to get Mm. And uh, the Indian comedy scene is actually pretty lit. Unfortunately, our country's comedy scene is quite terrible. It comprises of
0: basically just uh, uh, Aziz Ansari at this point.
1: I mean, the, but the thing is, Aziz Ansari and even if you talk about, what uh, Kumail Nanjiani, Nanjiani, these people are—they yeah. are, are, don't—they haven't been in the scene when they went in Pakistan. Yeah, right. And I they're know, not pure I mean, comedians. Yeah, I'm. I'm not even sure that Aziz Ansari is Pakistani or not. Maybe
0: Aziz Ansari, I think, is Pakistani.
1: Yeah, but. What All I've right. seen on the crossroad level that even though we have so much talent, we have no clubs to express I mean, it in. Yeah,
0: I mean, the problem, not with, have comedy shows. the problem with a lot of media in our country is there's not enough platforms to put it out on, you know, which can gain enough traction. Another reason why I wanted to put out a podcast on IGTV is because there's no other local platform where I can reach people in a very effective way. I knew my followers you know shout out to everyone who shared uh you know the podcast instagram page F F E E S podcast that's uh that's the ad on instagram you know so many people were showing support and you know i knew that that would be the best way to distribute it because there's no other way to do it so i can sympathize a bit you know with our local comedians
1: yeah yeah and so Several comedians that I've seen started off doing comedy in Shadis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that I have done that I, do one...
0: that. I would do that. I would 100% so, so do I've that. I would hundred percent. That is amazing.
1: I've I've done that at one point and it's terrible. I'm I'm not even kidding. Like you know when there are like five Indian uncles who are all sixty plus and, and they all they're all yeah, they're funnier than the comedians. Yeah, they the and comedian. they're all just waiting for you to
0: get done so they can have some biryani and take their wife and go home. <laughs>
1: And also like there's always this one group of uncles who think they're funnier than the comedian and the and they probably are
0: they probably are those uncles are having the time of their lives. Everyone wishes they were those uncles. (laughs) Okay. Everyone else is sitting sulking in the corner waiting for the food to get out. Those uncles are having the time of their lives. Okay.
1: Well, I would say definitely we need to learn from India when it comes to this and this comedy special. Nice. All right. Yeah.
0: Let's go. My number four is Uncut Gems. It's a movie. I mean, you could call it a comedy, to be fair, because the main actor is Adam Sandler. And I think by Adam Sandler, I think this is the best acting performance I've seen from him
1: in a very,
0: very long time. Probably since like
1: you don't click. mess with the Zohan, you don't. Mess oh, my with God,
0: Zohan is. Oh, sorry. I cannot believe I forgot Zohan. I know I know my best friends have not seen the Zohan. I want to disown them so badly. It's insane. So-
1: um, I don't watch movies, but my cousin. Zohan is Zohan.
0: ridiculous. But Anka <laughs> Gems, on the other hand, is a very good story of how real life can be for people in New York. This guy is, he is, you know, he's is absolutely grinding, trying to make a living for himself. He comes into contact with so many, like, famous people, but, like, gang wars and stuff. And I think the, I think out of all the movies I've seen, The last thirty minutes is the most stressful sequence of events I have seen in such a long time. This movie is highly underrated, and you should definitely add this to your list.
1: Yeah, pretty interesting. So, when it comes to my number three, yeah,
0: what's your number three?
1: My number three is something that one of my friends recommended to me, and I watched this quarantine. It's one of the, I mean, only TV shows that I've ever seen. It's one of the very few.
0: Oh my uh, God! A TV show. Bojack,
1: Bojack Horseman is really. Bojack awesome.
0: Horseman. I was hoping for something else, but it makes sense that you would be into that. Different sort of humor, very alternate reality kind of stuff.
2: Yeah,
1: it's it's alternate. It's a very different kind of humor. He play the the creator plays around with very very realistic scenarios. Yeah. In a comedic and I, I I've heard about type. it. I haven't
0: seen it. The reason and, why I don't watch Bojack Horseman is because Rick and Morty exists and that is just supremely a better show at what both try to do with, you know, reality. So the
1: problem with me is I can't watch Rick and Morty because there's alcohol dropping out of Rick's mouth and I can't bear to see that. What? It gives me OCD. It gives me OCD. Mm. Like I, This is very weird. It's so, animated. You know? Yeah. It's not but real. It still gives I I, st- I tried watching it. I watched one episode. Like, I, I mean, some people might like, say,
0: might say that I, I have deal a, with it.
1: I have OCD
0: over a lot of things too, but that's just a scene, you know, and that's what yeah, the, I, that is a part of the perfection in it. You know, I could not deal with that. That so is I him. That saw. is
1: Rick Sanchez. You know, I never saw more than half an episode.
2: Ah, oh, that is the so reason. sad.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, what can you do? So yeah, Bojack Horseman, because I think he, they play around with like very real scenarios like anxiety and depression, and, you know, having a traumatic child. Yeah,
0: that that's a bit, yeah, that's a bit grim for me. That's why I like Rick and Morty. It's, Rick and Morty is absolutely, the producers when writing that show have to be on the absolute best CBD slash marijuana available on the planet. They absolutely have to be, considering that show. Yeah. The show can make your emotions flip five times over it is amazing i love it
2: Maybe but yeah, yeah Bojack what Horseman. Eh.
0: it's, it, it's yeah, your that's kind that's of stuff to be fair yeah
1: that's what i would go for is number three. all right
0: my number three is uh it's a show that i've been watching for like two years it's probably one of the i would have to put this in the at least the top 10 shows i've ever seen it is la casa de papel Money Heist and the part four released, I think, in April. And I saw it this quarantine and it's I, I'm not one to binge shows at all. And this has to be one of probably two shows that I've been able to binge as soon as it came out, the other being Narcos, which came out a few years ago. I have I finish every Money Heist part within two to three days. And that like, is credit to how much I suspense have... they create.
1: Bro, I have not seen this because I think you can guess because it's like very generic. So I've not seen it naturally.
0: This you, you just don't make sense, you know, because some some things are generic because they're goat level. Money uh, heist yeah. is goat level stuff.
1: Bro, I haven't even seen Inception or Doctor Who. Oh my god. Oh my. Stuff.
0: Wow. What? Like, okay, I'm going to get you. I haven't, into even, this see, I, I haven't even seen psycho thriller stuff too at some point.
1: Bro, I haven't even seen Shawshank Redemption. I think that's what it's honestly,
0: that's what it's on, honestly, uh, I on behalf of the two people probably seeing this, I will personally come over to your house and you know, breathe on you without a mask on. Because not watching Shawshank Redemption is like saying, Oh, I've never looked up at the sky and seen a cloud. That's what it's like.
1: Yeah, sure all right so it's, is
0: that, that is ridiculous shawshank is redemption that, is it's an amazing movie it's an so amazing movie
1: we'll see it at some point <laughs> yeah
0: another amazing movie to see scarface i think it was an amazing movie i think the character that tony montana has i love individual acting performances like i just love those kind of movies like the joker from the Joker that just came out this year, or last year,
2: okay,
0: uh, so, and stuff like that. So I think I, Tony Montana is that kind of an iconic character.
1: Basically, I didn't watch Joker, but I am very surprised that you actually saw Scarface. Like you having good taste is
2: something.
0: You yeah, no, yeah, know. Scarface <laughs> is Scarface is timeless. I think anybody is anybody and everybody should watch Scarface because it just gives off this. He has this incredible confidence for someone who literally had nothing a few years before that. You know, he just came across Cuba, from Cuba to, you know, Florida with absolutely no money whatsoever. And I I think that's an amazing story.
1: That's true. Like, uh, Scarface is one of my all-time favorite movies. And the fact
0: that they're thinking about rebooting Scarface, anyone with that idea should just... No, sit no. down and do something else you know put your mind to something else cuz trying to recreate Tony Montana and by the way they're trying to recreate Tony Montana with Michael B Jordan the black panther of reportedly reportedly which is you know i just I, I just don't think there's any current actor which can do what al P- P- pacino did excuse me with um scarface i think that is just this a is once like- in a once in a Never, kind of, you know, it's just that only happens once. That kind of a role.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is like trying to recreate Forrest Gump, right?
0: Yeah, it's like yeah. no one else can do that like except Forrest, Tom Hanks. Gump,
1: Forrest Gump for me was amazing. Like I saw. It Forrest Gump is
0: incredible. Forrest Gump is and, incredible.
1: Like I saw it as a kid. Yeah, same. My early teens then I saw it again, and every single time it's amazing. Yeah, it's, I
0: love. Is incredible. Uh, all right. Who's your second place on your top five?
1: So this is a movie that I saw a Oof, few years
2: ago. Movie.
1: Yeah. Then I saw it again. And it, it's something that I really like because as you know, like I'm a history geek. I yeah. Know, a very big history geek, And history is like my university major and stuff. So for me, the imitation game,
0: Oh wow.
1: This is the best movie I've ever seen.
0: I'm going to say to you exactly what you said to me on Scarface. You have a good taste. Karti, that's ridiculous.
1: I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch is Alan During.
0: Imit, Imitation uh, Game is incredible. I
1: think, I few mean, movies have it.
0: made me that emotional in the last few years. Like, yeah, wow. Um, wow. I,
1: I, saw a bit, I saw a bit of Sherlock, right? And I saw Benedict Cumberbatch is like, Doctor Strange because I saw one Marvel movie and all this stuff.
2: Doll. Yeah.
1: He did that role for one and a half hour only. But the way that guy did that role, every yeah. time I see that dude, I'm like, this is Alan During.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, it was it was just an amazing portrayal. Again, another amazing individual performance. But I believe the female in the movie also, I think, was Kira Knightley, who I also yeah. think is just an amazing a- a- actor. I think she had a great supporting role throughout that.
1: But for me, the direction of that
0: movie... Yeah, really yeah. Amazing. I mean, to maneuver that story the way they did, you know, and amazing. It's
1: also like, you know, uh, what I find really amazing is that when you look at such a... Like, World War is such a huge storyline. Hmm. So, in such storyline, focusing on an individual story is very difficult. And the way the director has done... To that
0: be fair, you would think that... Until he realized that Alan Deering literally won the war for England.
1: For the Allies?
0: Yeah, England was a part of the Allies. Same thing. you know. It was a win for the British, the, you know, the United Kingdom more than anything else.
1: And you know what the saddest part was? He was burnt. He was executed. He
2: yeah. Was, he was executed
1: yeah. for, his, for his actual orientation. I mean, after literally... Winning your country the war. Wait, he wasn't
0: executed. He said, what, didn't he die off of his uh, what's it called disease or something? The one that he contracted yeah. from the hormonal re- replacement.
1: No, no. Alan Turing. I'm pretty sure Alan Turing was, you know, persecuted for his. Wow! Like, wow! Well, well, yeah. Which is weird as fuck, but I mean, I saw the movie a while ago, but like, there's something, in i movie देखनी so है Yeah. I'm
0: like, I yeah. very recently recommended the imitation game to a friend. And, you know, even they were like, this is just an amazing emotional movie. Like, it moves you. Yeah, and it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's great. It,
1: it had to be, it's the only movie that made my top five. And it was either the imitation game or Forrest Gump. And I had to go for imitation
0: game. Yeah. I think a, a storyline with what I've done so far in my list, I've just realized is that I love situations which are based on a true story and no more true is that than in number one which is literally a documentary it is a historical depiction of the Chicago Bulls dynasty which went on from 1991 till 1998 it's The Last Dance Uh, it's a Netflix documentary it's a I believe it has 10 parts and wow I mean it's easily the most inspirational thing that I've seen. And it's one of the reasons it's one of the things that really spurred me on to do this this, podcast. So the thing
1: between the thing with me and you is we unite over our love for football, but jahabe hamay hard my second sport is rugby and your second sport is basketball.
0: My second sport is not basketball, honestly, but it's there. I I can arguably say yeah, it's there.
1: I, I don't get basketball. Like, I think
0: basketball, basketball is a fantastic sport. It's like playing football inside of the penalty box and nowhere else. It's amazing. It's all a- action and the tactics around it are ridiculous.
1: Bro, if you look tactics, tactics, it's not rugby. No,
0: but the thing I don't like with sports which are start-stop at specific points is that you lose the continuity and the tactics have so much more of a role than individual performances. The last dance showed the balance that Michael Jordan had with all of his coaches. There were some coaches who were like, you know, there's 20 seconds left on the clock. We could go on with the play that they're trying to run right now and just, you know, just keep going. Or we could stop and create a play where we can hand the ball to Michael and he'll be in a prime position to get us that game-winning shot. And the way that situation changes, the game-winning situation for the Chicago Bulls, from their first championship to their last, it's incredible. The story of every individual player, I think, is, you know, I think the narration and to see Michael Jordan uh, you know, for someone who is a cultural icon the size of Michael Jordan, uh, who has never been in the you know, like the public image or has done too much PR, who has never done so much PR, to be in a position where he's, for 10 episodes, for like an hour each episode, absolutely pouring his heart out about his mentality, mindset, family, and all of his teammates to like the effect that Scottie Pippen, Steve Kerr, John Paxson, Dennis Rodman, all these guys had on the team. And I how the lead know was... Yeah, no, it's, I think... For anyone who likes, for anyone who watches this series, who watches The Last Dance, you will come out of it a basketball fan, uh, a sneaker head, a fan of music, a fan of so many different things that you never thought that you could be a fan of after watching one thing. I think it's uh, it's number one because on my list because it should be also number one on everyone else's list to watch right after oh, this. Bye.
1: If I watch this, you're watching Rugby Union with me.
0: Oh my god. I guess I'll have to take that deal because you need to see this thing.
1: right, cool. Um, When it comes to my number one, it's... I don't know if a lot of people will get this comedy. But the thing is, this is quite frankly... And I'm talking from a professional perspective. I've talked about this with my comedian friends. And... The technique in this comedy special is amongst the best I have ever seen. This is by far what I would say the most difficult performance a comedian could give.
0: Who is it? It
1: is the best stand-up special that I have seen in my four-year career or even before that. Lord. It's James Acaster's repertoire.
0: James Acaster is a genius. He is a wizard. The guy is a wizard at his role. The, what he can do is, oh my God, I can completely understand why you would go for James Acaster. Because I oh, watch yes. his, I, I watch him on the BBC show sometimes, and his clips are ridiculous. He is oh, yeah, he's so, quirky. He's he is so quirky. He is so quirky.
1: He is amazing. Thing, the thing that James does is he takes very simple... He's his, his pen. So the thing with the repertoire is it's a four series. It's four episodes. He does four hours of comedy at the same time.
2: So he does one hour,
1: he does one hour, gets off stage, gets back. One hour, gets off stage, gets back. back. (laughs) And it was recorded on the same place. And hence there are four different episodes. So imagine for a comedian, if there is any comedians listening, you guys will know when we do an hour, one hour and a half show, we got to rehearse that shit. Because we don't want to forget our jokes or our build up in the middle. This guy has done four hours back to back to us. back to back, which is amazing. Yeah, and that's incredible. And the thing incredible. is, he, he takes basic concepts. Like he spends 40 minutes on how he went into a banana shop and asked. Them
0: Man, he's ridiculous. This guy is absolutely ridiculous. I need to watch this. I absolutely I, have to watch this.
1: I mean, from a professional perspective,
0: I think that goes it's for both crazy. of our number ones. People yeah, need okay. to have the last dance on there if they want something on a serious note. And if they want something on a comedic on, a, you know, an easy going lunchtime, just need to watch something they need to see. James Acaster.
1: I mean, and if there's any comedians out there, right? if you guys haven't seen Repertoire, firstly, dude, what the fuck, and you guys need to watch it just to observe delivery. Technique. Yeah, he's... Because the he's way... Ba- he's, he's
0: amazing like, at what he does.
1: I mean, for a comedian, like, for me, this guy's an inspiration. Like, if I ever saw this man anywhere, I would just be like, Hank.
0: Wow, because James A. caster like, your inspiration, Michael Jordan, my inspiration. I don't think we can leave it on a better note than that, to be honest.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I, that I think that goes in, yes, the
0: yeah, second...
1: Not football stuff, podcasts.
0: Yeah, yeah, so that was the top five movies slash shows slash you also turned into a slash comedy special list that we've been going through in quarantine uh, that you should definitely check out. And we're going to be moving on to the third segment, which is our top five Ballon d'Or picks with a slight twist. And you'll hear about that twist uh when we start it. See you there. All right, so let's get okay. on to the segment for this week that's on football. You know, to the people who subscribe to this podcast for that reason, it's finally here. And what ba- basically we're going to be choosing our top five Ballon d'Or nominees from the season so far. But the twist is that if I pick a player, he can't pick that player in his list. So, for example, I go with, you know, let me just pick a random player, Eden Hazard. As my number four pick, Kartik, can't have Eden Hazard anywhere on his list. Like it will go one by one by one and will basically be trying to choose the best possible top five with whatever is left over after the other guy leaves it. And I was, I thought it would be, you know, a bit of a, you know, an argument between who would go first, but he's been nice enough to give me, you know, the, the, the number one spot. So I get to go first and. I think the player who is an absolute shoe-in for this year's Ballon d'Or based off of the season so far is Robert Lewandowski from Shit. Bayern Munich. He is yeah. without a doubt... You know why I let you
1: go first? You know why yeah. I let you go first? Because you think I I'd go Messi? Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to go up. And I, I was it. like, listen, I'll go Lewandowski and Lewandowski is going to win the Ballon d'Or. But
0: fuck. It has All to right. be Lewandowski <laughs> because not only has this guy, I think he scored up until this, up until I think January, in like 25 consecutive games, which is just bonkers in itself. But not only has he done that, he has scored 34 percent of Bayern Munich's goals, and they've scored 86 goals, <laughs> which is a ridiculous tally up to this point.
1: Like and, I don't, I don't understand why our friends who are Bayern fans haven't brought this up as often as we would if they played for our clubs.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he is considering, and this is, I think, uh, with his goal against, who did they play last night? Dusseldorf. Uh, with his goal against du- Dusseldorf last night, Lewandowski has equaled his best ever season. And there's like 15 games left in the season, if you count the Champions League, if it happens. And, you know, with the age he's at, he's peaking at like 33. He's 31, mm-hmm. sorry. He's speaking at 31, which is, you know, quite frankly, ridiculous. And I think he's, I think this season alone says enough about him to be in the conversation for the best striker from the last five years or the last oh, 10 years. No, no,
1: no, totally. He
0: is I, in that conversation. He is in that conversation. Because conversation. of his consistency. He scored 25 plus goals at least across those seasons. I think, takes I think Aguero
1: takes right. Ag- I think Aguero takes
0: right. Yeah, Aguero of course, in that conversation. So, yeah, Robert Lewandowski is 100% my number one. Who is your number one now that I've taken him?
1: Uh, now if you've taken him, I'll go for somebody who has a similar record to him. But the reason, I do believe that this guy should get the Ballon d'Or. So, what people should know about me, the first thing is, okay, I hate the concept of the Ballon d'Or. I think it is a popularity contest Um, because, like... Modric winning it or Ronaldo winning it in several seasons, even when Messi was better. That just shows that this thing is not about it's, football quality. It's,
0: I mean, the Ballon d'Or has historically. I think we've realized what it is. It's a I popularity know. contest among strikers. Unfortunately, yes, and that I, is what it's yeah. at right now.
1: And I also I also think that this is a team game. Right? I do not value individual athletes. I'm
0: very scared who you're going to take after saying this because I've got someone on my list I think you're about to take.
1: So, but the person who I would pick, I mean, you can say that I'm salty because nobody from St. Pauli is ever going to win a battle. But, I mean, sure. If we're doing this, Mozam asked me to do it. I wouldn't back out from a good argument because I love arguing. So I'm going to go for Chiro Immobile. No, no,
2: no.
0: Uh, oh my God. My list is so screwed. Immobile was third on my list. He was my uh, wild card I was going to pull out.
1: Okay, so uh, if... If any of the guys, uh, if anyone knows me, I am all about Wild Cards, all right? I support a team which half the people don't know exists. All, <laughs> the, pl- all the players that I wi- are, i am going to list are all going to be players that either you were not thinking or players that you've never even heard of. So in most cases, like I remember once where our, one of our friends asked me for a list of Chinese wonder kids to sign on FIFA. And then I sent him a list of like 20. <laughs> people, <the laughs> and. Uh, so, why Chiro Immobile? I mean, 25 appearances, 27 goals, 7 assists. I
0: mean, you don't you don't have to debate for Chiro Immobile, to be fair. I'm not going to debate with you on him because he is, without a doubt, I think out of all the players that could be on this list, I think he is the most important for his team.
1: Uh, I disagree there. I actually think that Luis Alberto is more important to Lazio than Immobile is. But I, I think. Because... Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm
0: trying to say if there was any, if the fact that you've put Immobile on the team, on, on the list, I'm saying out of all the players who are going to be in the list proceeding, I think he has the most influence on his team.
1: Um, I think the way Immo- the way the Ballon d'Or functions is something that you know is going to benefit Immobile. Yeah, and I think if, Immobile or, if one of Immobile or Davidovsky are not given the Ballon d'Or, it is 100% proof that this is a popularity. Yeah, I yeah, that's honestly, true. that's true. in terms of performance, nobody striker wise deserves this uh Especially
0: especially if the Champions League does not continue beyond this point. Because yeah, Immobile I mean, has, I believe, the unfortunate circumstance of not participating in it.
1: Yeah, so what I'm talking about is K I watch you know I watch a lot of Bundesliga and I watch a lot of Serie A. Yeah. Like I my main leagues are Bundesliga Serie A La Liga. I'm not that into the Premier League and uh but i've watched these two strikers overall and i would say considering that immobile is kind of from an inferior team and italy's defense no don't say overall, what
0: you're about to say don't say at it. de- least defenses,
1: it. o- defenses are overall better than germany's are Germany has the most goals per game ratio amongst the top five leagues. Yeah, but I, that's
0: that's not directly I as a result of the defenses. I, that's also a result of the tactics applied in Germany.
1: I think Immobile it deserves the Ballon d'Or over Yeah, it's
0: very tough to argue that, man.
1: But I think because of this popularity contest stuff, he's not going to get it.
0: However, yeah, he no. should get something. He should at I, least. I I mean, considering how lopsided it usually is to the Messi's, Ronaldo's, Mbappe's, and Van Dyke's of this world. Even if Immobile is in the top five, I think we've won. Somehow.
1: Yeah, I Just really, him
0: being there would be something.
1: I really want Immobile to win the I want Immobile to win Serie A. Okay, that was my main thing.
2: Yeah, like, I, I think we I all do.
1: I would not like... Inter to win Serie a. okay, yeah. but Lazio is somebody Lazio is a team that I want to win Serie a, right?
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, Roma got the you know gift of being in the semifinals and knocking out Barcelona. Lazio deserves yeah. something. Lazio yeah, they, deserves something. They, have got something they, they, yeah, want well. they. want a cup, but the cup is not really, You know, I mean, it's not. I mean, if. I mean, if Saint Pauli won a cup, I'll go crazy. But I'm not Lazio. we have yeah, never want a single. We never won a single title in, my, in our lives, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so that's a good choice. I, I would definitely go to him. So who's your number two? And there's one guy I really don't want you to name.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's he is the elephant in the room among every room in every footballing goat discussion ever. You took. I'm actually quite happy that you took him over because he wasn't my number two. He was my number three. So you've let me basically have my number one and two, which you know I think I'm so happy about. My number two is of course Lionel Messi.
1: I mean, do we even need to discuss this? I don't think we need. He has. I don't. I mean, anybody watching this podcast or listening to this Barcelona is
0: possibly the most dysfunctional top five team in the world. And at the age that Messi's at, I think he's also thirty-one years old. So he's thirty-two now. Sorry, he just turned thirty-two. The fact that he still has to bail them out on so many occasions—I think, out of all of the best strikers of the top ten scoring strikers in Europe's top five leagues—I do believe Messi has the most points won by his goals, which is ridiculous considering the attack that Barcelona's been able to construct.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say so. Messi. I mean, if anybody is ever gonna argue on, if anybody comes up to me and is like, "Ronaldo's better than Messi," I just leave. Yeah, I, it,
0: I don't. I don't think we need to go any further. I, I think we'll just move swiftly to yours because it's just, it's Lionel Messi. The fact that I've, I've even put him number two, I'm gonna get a lot of you know hate for that, but you know, we don't really only, care. Okay,
1: go on. There. So, Who's your number two? Uh, so my number two is a team that You're, I've been is a player from a team I've been following for a very long time.
0: Oh my um, god. It's Thank, so I know for a fact it's not my four or five. So I'm ha- I'm good here. I'm good it's, here. Go. It's
1: my it's the one of the managers I consider to be the best in the world. It's one of the managers whose name nobody knew before this season and I had been hyping it up oh, on our yeah. football group. Yes, and, really. and I had been hyping it up on our football group for yes. the past four years. Fair Joseph... up it, a it, it,
2: it.
1: What a god.
0: Yeah, incredible. 19 incredible, appearances.
1: Incredible. 19 appearances in the league. 15 goals, 5 assists. 6 appearances in the Champions League. 5 goals.
0: For a player who plays... Oh my plays. god. Yeah, for, the way he does.
1: A player who plays for Atalanta, a team that not many people knew. And you were talking about Lewandowski being 31. This guy's 32. Yeah. Messi, Messi's 32. He plays for Barcelona. This guy plays for Atalanta. Yeah. Messi has and Frankie and de Jong Let's not forget. Can. Let's
0: not forget. I think his performance against Valencia away in yeah.
1: the Champions Amazing. League
0: alone yeah. should put him on this list. All right.
1: And Messi has Frankie well, de Jong
0: And, and quite ridiculous stat here. Did you know that that was the first time in an away player has ever scored four goals in a Champions League?
1: I was just about to
0: say. say. Yeah, which considering the Shevchenkos, Thomas Mullers, Lewandowskis, Cavani's, Messi's, Ronaldo's, Raul's, the people that have played in the Champions League, the fact that that's the first one, I mean, that just tells you the kind of player he has on on, on his day,
1: you know. This guy, I mean, I have been watching him for so long. And this guy is amazing. Like, I think for me, the most fun to watch Partnership is Joseph Ilicic and Alejandro and Gomez, Gomez. Yeah. together. It is magical. I cannot, yeah. I don't think you'll be able to find anybody who hates this team, the way they play, this manager, this player. Like, if Ilichich, on his performances, does not make it into at least the top 10 of the Ballon d'Or.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, okay, that, that's
1: a I, state. That would be I, a travesty. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna eat myself off cliff. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's gonna be my number
0: two. Uh, all right, that's a good one. Um, uh, my number three was, Immobile. Obviously, can't have him anymore. Uh, I've been going through a few players, and you know, I, I wanna just mention that you know the Arsenal fan and me would love to put Obama on this list. But oh our, but there's no way, you know, there's been so many better players than him.
1: Well, uh, that's like me being like, I wanna put Marvin No. Okay,
0: no. List. No, 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 it's not. It's not, you're not even the top five leagues, you stop. Uh the player that I'm going to go with is the probably the outstanding creator in the world for, for football currently. He's the leading assist maker uh since he came to the Premier League. It's Kevin De Bruyne. Who, you know,
1: good choice. Good yeah,
0: choice. no, off the back of a 2018 19 season where he was injured for most of the season to come into this season with the form that he's come in. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. He has 16 assists and I think he's putting up around four key passes a game. I mean, he's doing exactly what you expect him to do at this point. He's absolutely killing it from midfield and he's arguably more dangerous than he's ever been. He's been used in a variety of positions, he's, you know, you can say whatever you want about this Man City team and Guardiola, and we're going to talk about Pep versus Klopp at some point, and it's going to come up that Pep always has the best players, but you know, there's a reason for that. Why would you want, why would you not want Kevin De Bruyne to be on your team?
1: Yeah, that's true. It's like uh, I haven't seen Debrana as much as I would like to in the Premier League. However, his days at Wolfsburg, I monitored very closely. Because basically, that was a time when we were back in the Bundesliga and hadn't been relegated. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, that was at a point in time where I was watching a lot of Bundesliga. And we were getting battered by every single team and we finished last. But we beat Hamburg in the derby, so I don't care about anything else. Yeah. But at that time, Debrana in that team was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at at Wolfsburg, this dude like, on I his his, his
0: performances play. are frightening. He's had never he's had two goal contributions in a game, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times this season, which is. Ridiculous.
1: <laughs> like I could not believe that Chelsea let him go. Like, I mean when I As mean Star Chelsea has
0: let go of too many players. I don't think we can I think Chelsea's recruitment policy where they just signed up every decent talent from Europe's top five, not even top five, like top ten leagues at that point in time. I think it was a good strategy, but it wasn't sustainable at all because you know, they weren't able to transition them into the first team and give them time to bed into the team at all.
1: Like for me, Debrana at that time was the most, it's also like, you have to give the guy credit because he, he kept himself at a level that he ended up making it.
0: Yeah. He he powered through that.
1: Like I remember at that point when I was watching the Bundesliga, I was like, this guy and Draxler are going to be superstars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was saying
1: that. Because Draxler was amazing.
0: Draxler was incredible. I, he was and, so uh, close to joining Arsenal, but then again, PSG had to come in and just destroy the entire transfer market.
1: Uh, also, PSG destroyed Draxler's entire career. Like PSG has when, destroyed
0: when, a lot more than just his career.
1: When Emery took charge at PSG, Draxo was gone. Like Draxo was not going to be doing anything. Yeah. And. I mean, you can see that because like then they went and they signed Neymar, and then they got Mbappe. And,
2: uh, I mean, those
1: were
0: those were quite all all three of the and, ones you've listed. They're the smartest signings they could have made. Neymar, and Neymar, Neymar for the brand, Mbappe because I mean because Mbappe and uh, Icardi. I think which a deal which was confirmed today who was signed for fifty million euros and. Seven and add-ons. I think that's a fantastic deal for a kind of striker he is, especially considering they've lost their all-time top goal goalscorer as his contract ran out. at Edinson Cavani. I think Icardi is almost a perfect replacement for him.
1: Yeah, but what I mean is that, and then Di Maria came in, so all of this basically led to this guy getting not getting enough game time, not developing.
0: Yeah, him. yeah, that's true
1: but Draxler but I mean, still has years
0: though he 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 can still make it Kevin De Bruyne yeah as you're about right. to say is I mean his performances were spectacular at Wolfsburg
1: yeah definitely definitely like I would say I mean he's a very good choice but okay so someone that I'm gonna be going with now
0: wait a second is okay fine yeah okay okay go ahead okay. I was just scared. I think I know where you're going with again. Is he from Liverpool by any chance? No. Nah, 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 oh, thank God. Oh, thank God.
1: The the problem. You're the making this
0: too I, easy for me. Just by the way, you're making this way. I have just got my whole list because you just don't want to take good players at
1: this point. I'm not going to go for generics. And the thing is, ki, the reason I did not go for Debrana or the guy that you want to go for is because. I don't watch the Premier League at a level that you do. Yeah, and hence I don't think I have the intellectual. Fair enough. Fair enough. Know, yeah, you get to comment on that. So I'm going to be basically covering the leagues I watch the most. So I am going to be talking about somebody who is the best talent I have seen in the Bundesliga.
0: Oh my God! You're putting Sky so Harris so long. at third. Nah. What?
1: <sighs> Bro. Did you okay, just say so best hurt? talent
0: and not worth nah, nah, nah. Kai Havertz?
1: Yeah. The problem is that I hate doing this because I hate this club from the bottom of my heart. Like, after, oh. Hamburg, after, oh. Hamburg, after Hamburg. After Hamburg. Plot West. After Hamburg. Plot Dortmund is the club I hate the most. Wow! And I will put Jaden Sancho as. Training. Wow, Jaden Sancho. Because wow,
0: that is a hell of a pair.
1: 20- Twenty-two games, seventeen goals, sixteen assists.
0: He's frightening. He's absolutely frightening. There's no doubt in my mind. He's absolutely frightening.
1: I mean, is there anything I can say to describe this guy? He is twenty. Yeah. He has created. He has. Created, he was the first one that came into this Dortmund team. Had Paco Alcacer and <laughs> destroyed everybody. The reason I, I hate Dortmund, so it hurts me to say this, but the reason Dortmund did not win the league when Sancho was there is only because their defense has been a travesty.
0: Yeah, I mean, they had bought a lot of young players in that season.
1: And in defense, and they and my main issue with Dortmund is okay, their midfield recruitment is not at the level that it should be. It's just a lot of attackers, and they're like, Go play and score as many goals as you can, which is a fantastic strategy
0: do. for at least, I mean, you know, people like me who aren't fans but like to watch their games.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it hurts me to watch Dortmund destroy Schalke. That happened right now. Yeah, so they scored 4 0. They scored four goals against Schalke, right? And Schalke is the club that, like, after St. Pauli, Schalke is one of the clubs that I like the most. And watching Schalke get destroyed, I was like, I hate this, but I can't say anything about this because this team is so good in attack.
2: Mm.
1: And I think Sancho is, uh, you know, this is going to be a really hot take. I think Sancho is going to be a bigger player than Mbappe. Yeah,
0: I, I can see why you're saying that. I think Sancho has a much more well-rounded attacking game.
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly.
0: And And I think he's also been able to mm -hmm. compete at a much higher level. I think the Bundesliga has far more competition, far better defenses, at least than Liga.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Particularly England-wise, I think this is the best talent England has produced.
0: Oh, yeah. That's that's what I would would doubt. I will... I will... You know, you every time someone men- mentioned Jadon Sancho, I'm very quick to mention the fact that Arsene Wenger came out in an interview and he was like, "Yeah, we were like two steps away from signing him. We had." Port- that's
1: Arsene Wenger. That's Arsene Wenger with
0: everything. say. Team. Yeah, no, but that's, that that's, that just tells you so much more about his ability to scout out those talents. But Jaden Sancho, genuinely, because of his affiliation with Reese Nelson, Joe Willock, his best friends from when he was uh in england and still you know up until very recently was an england youth player uh they they're all still best friends and when i saw that rumor a couple of my really good football friends were like your guys you guys are getting a gem and i was i started watching youtube videos and stuff on him and i just saw an amazing player like, he was always meant to be this good
1: like for me, uh, because I didn't really follow the, I don't follow the youth setups in England, right? My youth setups, I follow Spain and Germany the most. Mm. So when I saw this guy arrive at Dortmund, I was like, Dortmund scouts must have.
0: Done yeah, I mean they have and possibly was, the best scouting net, net network on the planet.
1: I would say they have the best scouting network after the Red Bull franchise.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that that's fair. That's fair. I think that's a fair. The,
1: the talents that Salzburg has given.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh my. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: God. If we I start mean, we would, l- saying them, then, you know, the people listening to this podcast are going to think we're lying to them.
1: Like, we would be putting up Holland as maybe our number two or number one pick if you'd be playing at Dortmund all season. You know that. Yeah. All right. And that also hurts me because he plays for <laughs> Dortmund. Uh, but I, I just have to appreciate, if they play good football, they play good football.
0: Yeah, I mean, amazing team. Probably should have put on, uh, you know, as I said in the last episode, I feel like they could have done much, much better against Bayern Munich in the final third. And they could have won that game. And that could have given us a fantastic title race. But, you know, unfortunately, yeah. Jadon come back from quarantine with a part belly. So, well, that's great.
1: Um, I'm actually pretty happy that Bayern won. I can't see Dortmund winning the league again. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's, 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 it's Bayern's to lose again. I mean, and that's the last uh, thing you want. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, I think it's it's my fifth
1: pick now. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, it's your third pick. It's like you're going to be telling me who's second.
0: Oh, no. I picked Kevin De Bruyne yeah. already.
1: Yeah, you have, all right,
0: yeah, it's your fourth pick. Okay, it's my fourth pick.
2: All
0: right. Yeah. Wow, okay. Uh,
1: uh,
0: okay, so I'm wrestling between two or three players here. One of them is uh, the best player at Real Madrid. One of them is the best player at RB Leipzig. And oh, no. yeah, oh come on, yeah, come on. I I had to keep some. I I didn't want to tell you everything in the edit, you know. And one of them is uh, the best centre back on the planet, and it's just it's just who I want at this point. I'm not sure who I want to go with. I'm gonna go with Timo Werner from Arvid Leipzig.
1: I think this is a this is somebody who you know won't make it in
0: the top five, but absolutely it is, it is sure. It
2: yeah, Timo is Werner
0: is attacking. possibly the best attacking. He's the best. Hmm. I, I it's very difficult to describe him as. I can't even call him a striker anymore because this season, under his new manager, who uh, you were quick to call the best manager at least mm-hmm. since Pep Guardiola. Uh, he's no, no, no. Nah.
1: A... Pepe is not the best in the world. Like I would say, he's the best manager since Klopp.
0: Okay, fair yeah. enough. Okay, that's your opinion. That's, that that's fine. Um, I think he's shown such an such a well-rounded game. He can play left wing striker, right wing. He has his creative numbers have taken such a jump from what they were last season, and his Champions League form equally has been frightening. If, Four goals, two assists.
1: Just, if this guy goes to liverpool now and they don't win the defense. i
0: mean the fact that a player like timo werner's quality at his age with his physical attributes and you know his resume even up to this point is available for below 60 million euros i mean if you've got that kind of money to, to put at a striker i don't think you put it anywhere else
1: you know timo werner is if he goes to the premier league he is going to be one of the only reasons I start watching,
0: <laughs> watching the Premier League.
1: league. Yeah. Because, wow. I mean, anyway.
0: he's he's an absolutely ridiculous player. And <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, I would love to say that if Arsenal sell Aubameyang with his current contract situation, I would love for us to, you know, completely balls to the wall for Timo Werner. But he's, frankly, he's just going to think of that as a downgrade considering where he's at right now with RB Leipzig.
1: Well, considering his value is sixty million and our transfer budget is eight million, I don't think we can afford him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Saint Pauli isn't (laughs) even going. You Saint Pauli can't even buy a Timo Werner's nose. Let's just say that.
1: So the thing with uh, so every Bundesliga fan you must have ever met hates right leipzig obviously like all of us hate leipzig yeah but one thing that i think we cannot deny is the quality of football that they play
0: yeah they're incredible and i love this watch guy, leipzig and,
1: play. and ever since they got promoted i remember we were in this white and Bundesliga when these people were when leipzig were with us right you know when leipzig won the league with like centuries to go yeah yeah got absolutely um we were I mean I remember these people coming up to the Milan tour and our team didn't even touch the ball, I think. <laughs> yeah. I was just I was just looking at this guy and I was like, keeper why are standing? <laughs> <laughs> Hata
0: do na. Yeah, there's no but, point. I mean the rise that Leipzig has had and, you know, being smart enough to bring in talents like Timo Werner. I mean, yeah. just speaks for itself. I mean we've a, given so much praise to the youth. Uh, recruitment that they have over at red bull i think we'll do a tactical episode on them at some point
1: because i think that would uh, be an amazing episode i've I've also managed to your talent you remember like uh
0: oh absolutely absolutely absolutely. a
1: year and two years ago i was going on about marco rosa and
0: rosa exactly yeah
1: and rosa coming to Platbach has taken them from a mid-table team to a contention for Champions League Yeah, just him coming in, and them getting downgrades. They lost their best player. thorgan went to Dortmund. Yeah, that mind. Yeah, and Marco Rose and Rene Marie is by far the best assistant manager in the world. Wow. I, um, his. If you want, I can try to translate his work to you. His work is in German, but. Oh my God, his tactical analyses I will are out of
0: Absolutely, this have a look. I'll have a look. Oh, but- oh
1: yeah. Uh, one a very interesting fact that deters the topic a bit, but I mean, if people are interested in football, they would love this. René Marique was sitting at home on his laptop at university writing tactical analyses when Thomas Tuchel Read a tactical analysis he did on Mainz. Thomas Tuchel was coaching Mainz then. Thomas Tuchel called this young guy writing analysis on a blog in university to his office in Mainz and hired him as a manager.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow, that's incredible. That
1: is mad.
0: That's incredible.
1: So just imagine how good this guy is.
0: Imagine our podcast gets us to be like youth coaches for some football team or something.
1: Yeah, Karachi United. For job. Karachi United. United. Woo.
0: No, yeah, seriously. Uh, hit, hit us up. I'll leave my email and everything.
1: All right. And yeah, if anybody supports Samsama United over Karachi United, <laughs> just go. I don't even know what to say.
0: All right. Go uh, ahead. Take your fourth pick.
1: All right. So my fourth and fifth picks are not people that I know will make it into the top five or even the top ten. But I think these people deserve attention and they don't get that attention. Wow. All right. So instead of like naming uh two players and going in detail, I'm gonna be naming four what? twice right now and twice right now, twice later and covering them very shortly. All right. So one player, one player that I would definitely bring up is the guy that I think if there's one man who is leading an entire team to surviving or being where they are wow. which is Philip Kahn. Cot- it is Philip Costage at Frankfurt. Wow. You need to give him credit. This guy, I think, over the past three years... We're talking about
0: Ballon d'Or nominees.
1: This guy has been the most consistent performer I have seen in the Bundesliga in a very long time. And Philip Costa should Consistently, be it, it doesn't mean he's the best. At least make it into the top 20 of the Ballon d'Or.
0: No, it's not. Alright. That, that um, is... Absolutely ridiculous from you, honestly.
1: I mean, this is uh, four, go- uh, four goals, nine assists, 27 appearances. Uh, 0.6 aerials won as a winger, which is great. His passing accuracy as a winger goes on 75%, which is amazing. And he is playing in a team which got all three of their best players, Rebic, Jovic, and Haler, taken away and shipped off to different corners of the world. These people had to take youth team players, put them in the team, and Kostich is the only one leading the attack. And Eintracht are still still in the top uh, half of the table. I think that is amazing. If anybody watches the Bundesliga, they know what I'm talking about. This guy has played as a defensive midfielder on the left. This guy has played as an attacking midfielder on the left. This guy has played as a midfielder on the left he's plays played as a winger he's amazingly oh just by the ex- way
0: if you look at his stats from the whole season it's 9 goals and 12 assists which makes it look a lot more impressive than it is
1: yeah but i'm talking only ponzeiga and it is amazing considering where he plays specifically he plays as a wing back he's- yeah, I mean, he plays as a wing back or a winger, and this guy is extremely versatile. So yeah, somebody yeah. who is looking into players, I would definitely say. So another guy that I will get a lot of stick for. Is he
0: wait? Out. So he's your fourth pick? Um,
1: yeah. So I'm just like not giving a fourth and fifth pick. I'm wow. am <laughs> All, right. co- co- All right. Yeah, I'm co- I'm covering some players on surface value because I want people to know more about them. Fair okay. enough. So one other guy I need to bring up, which people are going to hate me for, because this guy's hated in the Premier League. Everybody knows that. Dimitri Payet at Marseille.
0: Oh, no. No one wow. hates him. He's fire.
1: I mean, West Ham fans do.
0: West Ham we? fans absolutely despise him. Of course they do.
1: Um, The entire season, 27 appearances, 12 goals, 4 assists. Wow. He has Andre Villas-Boas as coach.
0: Hey, stop. Dissing the guy, okay? He He's done a great job it's so not, far.
1: It's, an, it's not about dissing the guy. It's about this guy as a midfielder in that system. Yeah. Doing this well attack wise. Dimitri that Payet
0: has, has always stuff. been this kind of a player. Yeah. You know, he's an then, incredible forward player with a wand of a right foot.
1: He has 76% accuracy and he has been playing on the wing, he's been playing on the left. Do you know how hard it is to cut back in and give accurate passes? This guy has been doing that the entire season. He's 33 years old.
0: Yeah, which is ridiculous when you look lo- look at him. You wouldn't think he's 33, but he peaked very late.
1: And 33-year-old player playing on the wing in France. France has players like Osimen. France was where Dembele came from. You don't understand how difficult it is to compete Mbappe plays there. like Speed ke front pe competing in France, is very, very difficult. Yeah. And playing on the wing or on the sides instead of the center in France, you need to be quick. And doing this at this age, this guy has to be given credit.
0: Yeah, he's an incredibly silky player.
1: Yeah, so I'll name my other two after you name your...
0: All right, so now that you've got your 4 and your 4.5 pick done, I'm going to... Okay, fine. I mean, the fact that you're not going to name him, I can't not put this guy in the list. Firstly, because of the hate we'd get. Secondly, because I think every single player we've named so far scores goals. And this guy also scores goals, but he scores them from center back. It's Virgil van Dijk. Who I think this season may not have been his best individual I season.
1: Disagree. There's, if you wanted to name a defender, this was not the defender to name.
0: If there was a defender to name, it's Virgil van Dyke. And I'm going to say why. I think it's Virgil van Dyke because it's not his best individual season, but that's just because he sets, he set the bar so high with his 2018-19 season that, you know, even this season, which is a downgrade on that season, he's still far and away the best center back on the planet. In terms of the influence, is is a
1: lot better. The only thing you're talking, the only reason you're talking about him as the best in the Premier League is because Laporte was injured. Laporte is technically a billion times better than Van Dyke can ever.
0: Yeah, but the effect that Van Dyke has on the team is not purely based off of his quality in possession. It's more about the ability for him to successfully rotate play. And the presence, like you see many people, you know, it's a completely intangible statistics. Aren't his, you know, uh, center backs are very difficult to judge when you look look at them from the basis of statistics. Like having a high tackle success rate or making a lot of tackles doesn't make a player good. That just means he's very involved or the system he plays in makes him very involved. Van Dijk's role as the sweeper right at the back, he is positioning is probably the best on the planet and whenever that does let him down his physical strength and his incredible recovery pace mean that he's rarely ever beaten and you know that's what's made liverpool the best defense in the premier league over the last 3 years his since he signed they've been the best defense in the premier league that's that is no coincidence he is the best for me he's the best uh, center back on the planet and i think that he is going to go on to win his first Premier League and I think that puts him in a category where he should be considered for the Ballon d'Or and that's why he's number 5 for me.
1: Alright, yeah, I do understand where you're coming from and obviously I haven't seen him as much as you have. Not nearly
0: as much. He's incredible.
1: I do not think there is a defender in this world who is better than Sergio Ramos.
0: I don't even think Ramos is the best centre back at Real Madrid. (laughs) What you you would rather go for, Varane? yeah, 100%. Absolutely,
1: uh,
0: Ramos has a more unorthodox role, but considering he's, the... he's far more unorthodox, but I think that Rafael Varan, uh, you know, I mean, people still think he's like 22, 23 in their heads, he's 27 years old, he's won, I believe, four Champions Leagues already, and he's been an absolute rock, you know, I mean, whenever.
1: For me, if you were to name, if I were to name defenders who've been exceptional this season, I would go Felipe at Atlético Madrid. I would go Ramos at Real Madrid. I would go. Uh, I mean, Chiellini is a god.
0: Which is that. completely fair that you would think those players are amazing. So let's see if you put any of them in your fifth and, well, interestingly enough, your five point five. I don't know. I don't even know what you've done to this list. It's all. It's been ruined. But you know, keep. Just,
1: just okay, run with that. So I guess. Now I'm going to be naming two players that he, you or ninety percent of our listeners actually. We have two listeners, so I mean, one of the two listeners we have would have never heard of. These players have been amazing all season. I've been following their progress the entire season. I've. You're about to done, name
0: players for the top five Ballon d'Or list that are unknown to football viewers.
1: Yes, um, these players, I think. If the Ballon d'Or was decided on merit, would definitely make top 10.
0: Wow. And, okay, let's see.
1: But it's not, so they won't. But one player that I think is the best DM that I have seen in a very, very long time, it's Mikel Merino at Real Wow, Central.
0: really? That's incredible. I know Mikel, he's had a good season, but Ballon d'Or just top 10.
1: just just listen to this: twenty-five appearances, three goals, one assist from DM, which is amazing. Seventy-seven point three percent pass accuracy, five point three aerial duels won a game.
0: Yeah, he's been the beast in the air. To be fair, I'll give him five
1: point three. That is elite centre-back numbers.
0: He looks five times the player he was when he was at. Liverpool, uh, not Liverpool. What am I saying? Newcastle.
1: Five point three. That is elite defender numbers. This guy has been absolutely amazing. He's played in midfield. He's played in DM. If you check the league table, do you know where Sociedad are?
0: Um, I believe they're in the top five.
1: They're fourth.
0: Yeah. Which Sociedad is which is fourth? amazing
1: which is amazing yeah. considering that they're playing with youth players and rejects. They had they had Adnan Genozai starting last season.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've got a really good core of players For here.
1: Mikel Marino, Martin Odegaard, Alexander Isaac, all of these are amazing players. So if anybody is yeah. looking into getting into La Liga… I would definitely say both the Basque clubs, Sociedad, and Athletic Club need to be looked into. Yeah. Like, yeah, coming I think somebody who, um, people think, particularly the Premier League fans, think that La Liga is all about Madrid, Barca, and Atletico. It's not. And,
0: and I think we've seen them. that this season more than ever, where it, Atletico, I believe, are they
1: third now? Um, right now, if, if you look at the table, Atletico are actually sixth
0: yeah i mean that that says it all i guess
1: hitafe or fifth hitafe are also a very interesting team if anybody is look is playing uh you know football manager or is playing like manager more than fifa in quarantine definitely look into real sociedad attackers and midfielders and hit off hitafe defenders because this guy's 23. And he is absolutely amazing. He's going to last you just a long time. And if you're looking into fast players, Alexander Isaac is a perfect striker for you. Yeah. The other person I'm going to be talking about is Tehi Savanier.
0: Savanier? These rogue shouts are catching me off guard. Imagine what they're going to be doing to the viewers.
1: Tehi Savanier pays for Montpellier. Montpellier... What are usually considered relegation strugglers at the bottom half of the uh, table team. They, they're 8th, and the uh, season is over, so they're going to be finishing 8th, which is amazing for this team. Now, if you guys don't know Montpellier, it's where Olivier Giroud won the league
2: yep. before he can the king. the
1: Alright, And this guy is 28, and a lot of people might not have heard of him. He's a defensive midfielder, and he has been all over this place. A defensive midfielder with this good dribbling, I have not seen in such a long time. This guy has dribbling. He takes set pieces. He's amazing at free kicks. Like He likes to play long balls, and he plays as a DM, which is perfect for him. I mean, and considering
0: gets, his statistics, he seems more like a box-to-box midfielder this year. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Exactly, and he's playing a TM, and he gets fouled most often amongst the entire team, which wow. so shows how much he's on the ball, right? Yeah, and he plays the ball off the ground, and he shoots from distance, and he's amazing at tackling. This guy, I yes. am, I am telling you, like if any if any team went for this guy, if any team in the top top six in any of your top five leagues wanted a simple solution for a few years to solve their midfield, Tehi Savannah is the to go.
2: Yeah. If
1: I was Real Betis, I would not have gone for Nabil Fakir. Nabil Fakir's been amazing. Oof. You would you would have got savanier in half the price. And you didn't even but need two an attacker.
0: Very player. different kind of players. Yeah, Nabil but, uh, Fakir if you, and Tehi if Savannah. You're eva-
1: if, you're eva- if you're evaluating Betis, for me Betis did not need an attacker. They needed somebody to show up the defense. You've seen Bettys this year. They've been amazing in attack. They've conceded really, really stupid goals. And if this guy was sweeping behind them, I highly doubt that this would happen. Yeah. like he, This guy plays long balls. He has a pass accuracy of
0: 79%. Yeah, which is as a result of his long balls, really.
1: And he has 18 appearances, six goals and two assists. From DM.
0: which is yeah which is amazing to be fair
1: yeah
0: he's the most fouled so, player in the league behind Neymar.
1: exactly <laughs> this is the one i'm talking about right tehi Savaniya. this is a name a lot of people might not have heard of all right i would highly recommend search on what squad it has a great base and this guy is absolutely amazing
0: wow all right, all right. i think we've I think you got a lot of different talents into that right at the end, which I, I think half of the players you said there could have gone into a Golden Boy list or literally anything but a Ballon d'Or list. But If um, anybody's
1: talking about a Golden Boy list, Martin, guard?
0: Yeah, okay, fine. Martin, we'll get on to that in, in an episode soon. Uh, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. That was my list for the top five, and that was Karti's list for a top eight. Or whatever, six, seven, however many he got in there at the end. But, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Might be a bit longer than what we, uh, initially planned for, but I think that's the beauty of the lounge. It's a, it's a conversation and we want you to feel a part of it. So we'd love your feedback. You know, we can talk on a variety of topics here as compared to the other show, which is a bit more football based. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, like, share and, uh, Check us out on Spotify,